recognize that the name of Jesus is the name above all names. It's the one name that holds power. It's the one name that has authority over all creation, all of heaven and all of earth, that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I choose to confess it now. I choose to praise your name now, to come and worship your name now. There will be those who refuse. And one day, when they stand before you, they will fall on their faces, but then it will be too late. You are my Lord. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my family. I trust you with everything that you've given me. I just continue to look back to you, Lord, and we just give you thanks. We know that when we go through struggles, just in simply speaking the name Jesus can absolutely change the atmosphere around us. We just come to worship you today. It's in that great name we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Hope that y'all had an awesome Thanksgiving, that you had a great time with your family. There's just nothing better than family, amen? Just love my family. And uh, I hope that you ate good, but not so much that you're going to sleep through my message. But uh, uh, it's just been uh, an awesome season. Uh, and I just love, I love time with family and just, uh, I don't know, I, we were talking about the weather, how it kind of a little dreary, kind of a little wet, a little rainy. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite season of the year. Uh, it's just because of all that comes with it. So even the weather, I just love it. Well, we're glad that, uh, that you've come to worship our God and King this morning. And maybe you're here just seeking the Lord. Maybe uh, this is something new for you, but, but, uh, but God has called you here. He's brought you here. I pray that you just open up your heart and mind for what he has for you because he does have something for you. He is a good and generous God. Amen. Amen. There was a, uh, one who was, uh, I think he was a politician or something. He was in Calcutta and he was just kind of looking at all that Mother Teresa was doing there. And, and he was kind of asking her about some of her ministry there. And she said, sir, God's not called me to be successful. He's called me to be faithful. Amen. Amen. There's a, a term that we have heard, if you've heard much preaching at all, there's a term that, that we have heard that we want to hear again one day from the mouth of our Lord Jesus, and that is, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Jesus tells us a parable, and a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. In other words, he'll, he'll tell us something that we can relate to, but he's trying to draw a connection to a spiritual truth, a spiritual principle, and he tells a story of, uh, of, of a landowner who he goes away for a season and he leaves three people uh, different amounts of, of resources. And, and when I use the word talents, these are, this is a denomination of money. And so with one, he left five, five talents, five talents. <laughs> the other, and he left two talents and the one, he left one talent. And uh, he comes back and says, okay, what did, what did you do with what I left you? And uh, the one says, well, with your five, I gained five more. And he said that phrase, well done good and faithful servant. With the other that he left two, he said, uh, he comes back and says, what did you do with the two that I left you? He said, well, with your two, I gained two more. And with that, Jesus said, well done, good and 
faithful servant. And then with the one, he left the one talent to the individual and he comes back and says, uh, what'd you do with what I left you? And he said, well, I knew you was a hard man. And so I hid your money away. And he said, you take what I gave him and you give it to the one who now has 10 talents and you cast him into outer darkness, you wicked and lazy servant. We don't want to hear that one. We don't want to hear that one. But I do want to look into what are the facets of faithfulness. When he said good and faithful servant, what did he mean by that? What, what can I learn from that? What are the facets of faithfulness? And so I want to look in the book of John, John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, we have a familiar story. Uh, uh, and when I say story, this is not a made-up story. This is an account of a real occasion that happened in which there was a large group of people who were passing through the region where Jesus was ministering, the Galilee region. This is the northern part of Israel. And as they were passing through, he sees these large groups of people passing because they were going to Jerusalem for a particular festival. And, uh, and he was, the Bible says that he was uh, deeply moved because these people were weary and scattered as sheep having no shepherd. In other words, they had no spiritual leadership. And, and, and so they, Jesus was moved by this. And so he tells his disciples, I want you to go get some food. And uh, one of his disciples said, uh, we don't have much money, but even if we did, how much money would it take to buy enough food to feed all of these people? Now, we know that this is a story called a feeding of the 5,000. That's what we also, also often call it. But the scriptures also say it was 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So it is guesstimated that Jesus was feeding 15,000 people on the hillside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. That's more than the population of the city of Athens. That's a lot of folks. And so w with that story, I want to look at that passage of scripture and see what we can learn about faithfulness. I believe Jesus taught us in this occasion, how that we can be faithful. And so if you'd look with me in John chapter six, John chapter six, uh, we're going to start in verse eight. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So uh, the men sat down and, and in number about 5,000 and Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, let's start there. Jesus took five loaves of bread. Now these barley loaves, it's not like Mrs. Barry's bread. This is a little loaf. Barley loaves is not real good anyway, in my opinion. My wife, let me just take a little rabbit trail real quick. I'll come back. I'll come back. Christy, uh, we, we had uh, some, um, I was about to call it uh, a name. I can't call that. We called it in the military, another word, but uh, what do they call it? Cream of beef. Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. That was my supper last night. And so in the fridge, she keeps some of this bread. It's called Ezekiel bread. And uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's got like nuts and stuff off in it. And... Uh, even, even last night, Caleb was like, I want some bread so white, <laughs> like paper white, unhealthy as all get out. That's the kind of bread I want. And I'm like, hey, amen. When I was growing up, you had, to, it was a special occasion for us to get Miss Baird's bread. But, uh, <laughs> this barley bread is like that. It's, it's not, it's, it's, it's tough. It's small loaves because you couldn't, it didn't, it didn't, uh, uh, what do you call that when they swell up like that? whatever you just said. It didn't do that. Rise. 
And so when I say five loaves of bread, we're not talking five loaves of bread. We're talking a stack of pancake looking bread. This is what we're like. We're talking about short stack. All right. That's what we're talking about. Short stack. So we got five loaves of bread. And what does Jesus do? He gives thanks. The first facet of faithfulness is gratefulness. Gratefulness. The first facet of of, of faithfulness is gratefulness. And so we see Jesus, he takes, he, he's looking at 15,000 people and he doesn't worry about what he doesn't have. He thanks God for what he does have. Amen. That is something that we can learn as, as, as New Testament saints. We can learn that. We got a God who is the God of all resources. Don't be worrying about what he hadn't given you. Thank him for what he has. Amen. It was a great theologian, Hank Williams, that said, uh, <laughs> we shouldn't ask him for more until we thanked him for what he's already given us. Amen. And so let's be thankful for what he's given us. This is a facet of faithfulness. And so Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fish and he first in verse 11 gives thanks. We ought to also do the same. Anytime that uh, our family sits down to, to eat, first thing we do is pray. That's, that's still a good thing to do, y'all. It's still a good thing. It's okay to allow your testimony to be seen in our public, in our community. Sit down at a restaurant, pray together. It's, it's, a, it's a testimony to the loss, but it's, it's pleasing to our Heavenly Father, the generous God who gave you that gift. Amen? And so Jesus, every time you see Jesus leading in a meal, he, he first gives thanks. We need to give thanks. Verse 11, Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to his disciples. The second facet of faithfulness is generosity. God didn't give it to you for it to stop with you. God gave it to you to give it through you. Amen. He didn't hand it to you that you might hoard it. He handed it to you that he can use you as a vessel to pour out your resources. It's actually his resources through you into others. And so we see this one verse of scripture carries so much truth, so much with it, and, and that, that God gives us generously, and then if we're thankful for what he's given us and generous with what he's given us, he will give us more, which you see in this passage of scripture. Amen? But if we're not thankful, we're not generous, and we're not responsible, that's the third facet of faithfulness. We're not responsible. Can we really expect for him to give us more? I've been to Yellowstone. We took our, our family to Yellowstone several years ago. I was doing a horse sense up in, in uh, Idaho and, and Nevada. And uh, we went through Yellowstone. And, and, you know, I could not tell you the name of any of those geysers up there except for one. <laughs> Y'all know it, don't you? It's not the biggest. It don't spray the highest. But it probably the one that you know the name of. And it is what? Old Faithful. Why? It is so dependable. It is so dependable. You can set your clock to it. It is so dependable. And, and, and that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be trustworthy. He wants us to be dependable. That when he, when he blesses us, that he knows that he's not just, uh, just, just stop with us, but he's blessing through us because God uses people. I remember it's uh, been several years ago now and uh, coming on Christmas, this, this stirs up my memories because Christy and I, we had surrendered to ministry and we were so poor, I'm telling you, we were struggling. Uh, we lived in a single wide trailer house in Harleton, Texas, and, and we didn't have two nickels to rather get rubbed together. I'm telling you, we were, I had running water, 
Uh, it was me running down the hill with a bucket and running it back up to the house. That was my running water for a season. We were, we were struggling. The church that I had, a, had surrendered ministry at, they had a ministry in which the ladies uh, made quilts. And every Thanksgiving, they would auction off those quilts. Well, we had no idea that the church even considered us as such, but we received a letter in the mail uh, shortly after Thanksgiving. And that letter was a check for $200. For us, it might as well have been $2,000. I'm telling you, we were so thankful. We were so blessed. You know, Christmas was coming and we want to be generous to, and, 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 and give gifts to other people and to each other. And we had nothing to do it with. And, and here comes this check. They were giving it to their missionaries. We're just ministry students just trying to get by, but they, they were giving it to their missionaries. And I'm going to tell you something. I had a hard time cashing that check. I was, I was raised with such an independent attitude. I just thought, you know, I, I, I don't want to take anything from anybody. I, I'm over there praying, God, would you help us? We're in need. We're struggling. Somebody try to give us a gift. Oh, no, 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 no. Thank you. No, thank you. And it was like God thumped me on my little noggin and said, boy, are you stupid? I use people. I use people. I, I, if a check would have fallen out of the sky, sh- 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 oh, this came from the Lord. But when somebody handed it to you, oh, no, I can't take that. No, God says, I use people. And so guess what? He wants to use you. He wants to use you. That's what he's called us to be is, is number one, thankful, but also generous. And so we, we, with Jesus, he is showing us by example how to do this. First, in verse 11, he gives thanks. Thanks. And then he distributes them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise with the fish as much as they wanted. So you got 15,000 people sitting around Jesus. Here's how Jesus does it. I'm going to hand it to you. You're going to hand it to them. That makes sense? I'm going to hand it to you. You're going to hand it to them. As you give it, it grows. As you give it. Don't expect it to grow before you give it. As you give it, it grows. And by the way, this is not a tithes and offering message. When it comes to this spiritual truth, it is, it pertains to everything. Everything. Absolutely everything that God gives you. Everything that God gives you. Be thankful, be generous, and be responsible. Look at the next verse of scripture. So when they were filled, by the way, 15,000 people ate till they were full. I'm going to tell you something. I can eat some fish. I'm worried. You know, when they have all you can eat fish, oh my goodness. That, my dad was telling me of a friend that, that they had all you can eat scrimps. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, this guy, he's a big old boy, and he was at the restaurant, and they, he kept bringing more, bringing more, bringing more. And finally, the cook comes out and said, uh, You're done. And the guy, the guy said, uh-uh, it said on the sign, all you can eat. The chef said, that is all you can eat. You're done. So, uh, when, it, when it comes to fish, I can eat some fish. And they ate till they were full, 15,000 people. And then Jesus tells us in verse 12 that go to the, the disciples, go and gather up all that remains. Let's read it, verse 12. So when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. First facet of faithfulness is gratefulness. I need to be thankful for what God has blessed me with. Second is generosity. I need to be generous with what God has blessed me with. And number three is responsible. 
I need to be responsible with God, with what God has blessed me with. Amen. Don't waste any of it. Don't waste it. He said, I want you to go pick up. This is, this is a deep spiritual truth. This is more than just bread. This is more than just fish to those 15,000. He is teaching us Christians a deep spiritual truth. Be thankful, be generous, and be responsible, and don't waste what God gave you. Amen? As we look at this, what it is to be responsible, I also want to point out once more time, this, pertur- this pertains to everything God gives us. Anything God gives us, whether it be financial, whether it be physical, whether it be relational, whether it be spiritual, are you thankful? Are you generous? Are you responsible with what God gave you? There's another passage of scripture. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 16. And in Luke chapter 16, Jesus tells us another story. And this story has messed with me for a while. Y'all ever had any passages of scripture that just mess with you? This one just messed me up for a little bit. It's almost like Jesus is teaching people it's okay to be unethical. Let me just tell you, I'm going to give you the summarized version of this story. You had a guy who was a steward. Now, this is the word steward. Stewardship, if you don't understand that word, stewardship is a word that means you don't own it, but you're responsible for it. And so the best way to understand it here in East Texas is a ranch manager. That ranch manager does not own those cows. He does not own those tractors. He does not own that land. But he is responsible for all of it. And he is supposed to use all of it to grow those resources for the ranch owner. And so that's a steward, someone who is not owner but responsible for. And so we have a story of a, a steward. And this steward, he was a manager of sorts. It was given all these resources, but uh, the owner comes to find out this guy is not doing right with his resources. And so he's going to fire him, and he gets word, I'm fired. I've lost my job. Uh, it's about to happen. I didn't get the vaccine. I mean, never mind. I'm <laughs> By the way, we do offer religious exemption forms at Sand Springs if any of you need one. Uh, may or may not do you any good, but... He says, I'm getting fired, so here's what I'm going to do. I don't know. I, 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 he says, I don't want to dig ditches, and I'm too proud to beg. That's in the Bible. And, and so what he says is, I'll get clever here. So he goes to one person who owns the owner, owes the owner an amount of money. He says, I'll tell you what, take your bill and write in it half the amount. And he goes to this one, how much do you owe my boss? I owe so much. He said, cut it in half. And he goes to several different people and he, and he tells them, cut your bill in half and pay that part. And so the owner comes to him and let me tell you something. If I were the owner and you just took what was supposed to be coming back and you cut it all in half, uh, we got problems. We got problems. But here's what the owner tells this guy. You're pretty clever. Here's what he says in verse 8. So the master commended, commended the unjust steward, because he dealt shrewdly, the owner comes along and says, you did good. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. You, you didn't do anything to save your job, but you took care of yourself. Now, I look at that passage of Scripture, and I'm like, is Jesus telling us it's okay to be unethical and be a little slick and kind of work this thing? 
But it, that's not what he's saying at all. He's not telling us that at all. Let's, let's point this out. In verse 8, so the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. Jesus says, the, the world often knows how to operate where God's children don't. And here's the, the lesson. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. Let me tell you what this unrighteous mammon means. It means just simply your resources. It's what you have, whether it be financial or physical, whatever you have. He says, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Now that is a loaded verse of scripture. You look at that and you're like, Huh? What, what in the world he's saying? He says, here's what, the, 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 the sons of this world, those who just, they're lost, they know how to take care of themselves. But you are a son of light. You are one who has an eternal life living within you. Won't you take the resources of this world and leverage it for kingdom principles? Take a lesson from them. Leverage it for kingdom principles. And here's the lesson. Use what is lesser to gain what is greater. Follow me on this. When we're going to look at things in value, down here, lesser, greater, greatest. Y'all with me? He said, I want you to take your physical resources and gain relationships with it. Y'all with me? If you are using people to gain stuff, you're stupid. Mom told me not to call anybody stupid, but she was in the first service and she's in Sunday school right now. <laughs> and Proverbs calls somebody that doesn't learn something stupid. And he says, if you're willing, he says, you need to be willing to take resources and leverage it to gain relationships. The lost world knows how to do it. Why don't the children of God do it? Oh, because we're more spiritual than that. Oh, because we're, we're, we're of a... No, he says, you need to learn from them on this one. Use that which is lesser to gain that which is greater. And then, even greater still, you have financial or physical, you have relational, and then you have spiritual. Don't go in reverse order. There are ministers who will crash and burn because they will take what is spiritual and try and flip it to gain what is physical. And it don't work that way. There's another good word for it, and that is the word foolish. Foolish. We need to take what is physical to gain relationships and leverage those relationships for the kingdom of God. That makes sense? Let's keep reading. This is so good. I'll tell you what. I, I'm enjoying it. I don't know if you are. Verse 9, I said, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon that when you fail, you, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Let me just, story time again. Let me just tell you of a friend. This friend, is they're, they're, they don't have much. Uh, how many of y'all were at the, um, the October 31st Love Thy Neighbor event at the King Center? Somebody, quite a few of you were. If you were there for the, the evening service, that was a little chaotic in that gym, we understand. 
But the lady that was speaking on the platform that day is the friend I'm talking about. They've been ministers, evangelists, her, her husband and her son for many, many years. They don't have much. They've just about given away everything they had. A few years ago, she found out that she had cancer. She goes uh, to a doctor friend in Georgia and that doctor friend, uh, remember, they've been ministers ever since she came off the streets. Just a quick background on Miss Iris. Miss Iris was a prostitute, had numerous abortions, uh, I think over a half a dozen abortions. Uh, she ran two uh, uh, topless bars and uh, she had spent seven years in Huntsville for armed robbery and uh, she, she was a rough one. She always wanted to be a lady. Young minister, uh, young man called her out from one of those bars one evening. So I want to talk to you about your relationship with God. She'd always wanted to be a lady, but she was living the life of a tramp. And that night she says, I knelt down a tramp, but I stood up a lady. Amen. And from that point forward, she was so generous and she was giving away everything. And, and even so, even to the point of they didn't have much of a savings. And next thing you know, she's got cancer. She's got cancer. I want to tell you the type of treatment that she got for her cancer. She was taken to like the presidential suite of the hospital. She had the guy who designed the robot that would do her surgery. He himself did her surgery. She was treated to the finest degree and didn't pay a dollar. I'd say that's awesome, isn't it? Why? Because she was not willing to trade relationships for resources. She used her resources to gain relationships. And I want to tell you something, it paid off in the end. Amen. It always does. God says we need to understand this principle, Christian. If you think that you're going to try and gather up as much in this life and hoard it for yourself. No, 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 no. And I'm not talking just about resources. I'm not talking about your money and your stuff only. Everything and anything that God gives you, he expects you to be grateful for it, generous with it, and responsible. And don't waste it. And so, I've said resources, relationships, and then finally, spiritual kingdom things. Here's the thing. What spiritual gift has God given you? If you're a Christian, I can promise you by the authority of Scripture, you have one. You have at least one spiritual gift. Is it still laying on the ground back there where he gave it to you? When he told his disciples, I don't want to lose any of it. Go pick it up. Use it. We will use it later. They collected baskets full. He says, now you started with a little. We gave away a lot and you ended up with quite a bit. You ended up with quite a bit. And I don't want you to waste any of it. When it comes to my physical resources, do I really expect God to be generous to me if I'm greedy with what I have? Here's what he goes on to say. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, just money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? If you can't be faithful here, do you expect God to just pour out blessings on you up here? Learn how to be faithful here. 
use this to grow these and these to grow the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? He says that if you've not been faithful in what God has given you, don't expect him to give you more. That makes sense. I want to be faithful in everything God gives me. And God has given me so much. I want to be faithful with my resources. I want to be faithful with my relationships. I want to be thankful for them. I want to be generous with them. That means you can't hoard that friend. That's all mine. Mm-mm. Stay away from my friend. That's my friend. Let me tell you, if that happens, that might be the only friend you have. And you may not have them for very long because you're smothering the life out of them. And they would be grateful to get away from you. But the more you're loving, the more you'll be loved. The more you give, the more you'll be given. How responsible you are with these relationships, you will gain more relationships. Jesus' disciples said, Lord, we have left family and friends to follow you. And Jesus said, you'll gain a whole lot more than that. I'm telling you, this is what he said. You'll gain families. You'll gain friends. Don't walk away and say, oh, I've sacrificed so much for you. It's not a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice to give unto our God. It's not like, poor me, I've given him so much. No, when I, he is faithful and true. And the more I give, the more he gives back. Amen. He says, it's the only time in scripture he says, test me in that one. Test me in that one. You get generous, see how generous I am. If you start loving on people, see how many people start loving on you. If you start leveraging your spiritual gift for kingdom growth, see how much I'll gain you in that. See how much spiritual gifts you'll continue to grow in. Are you operating in the gifting that God has given you? Or is it still laying on the ground back there where he gave it to you? Oh, thank you, Lord. Let me tell you, I was going through somebody's stuff. I can't tell you who they are. but And I wasn't just rummaging through their stuff, you know. But I was going through, uh, and there was a Christmas gift that I gave that individual several years ago, still in the cellophane wrapper. I'm still, I hadn't go out, I'll pray about it here in a little bit. I ain't over it yet. <laughs> and I thought, I went to great thought and effort to buy this gift for this individual, only to later on, years after I gave it to him, find it still in the cellophane on the shelf. I'm like, oh, they really loved that one, didn't they? And, you know, God is so generous in gifting us with one blessing after another. Are you using them? Number one, are you thankful for them? Number two, are you generous with them? Number three, are you responsible? Don't lose a thing. Don't waste a thing. And here's how... One of our members last night in prayer meeting, uh, Brother Yancey said, I remember what Miss Terry right here told me years ago, made such an impact on him. She said, I don't want to miss one thing that Jesus died for. I don't want to waste one thing that he bled for. Me neither. I don't want to be irresponsible with the giftings that he has given me. And he says, "Mm, I can't continue to give him more. Because they don't use what I already gave them. How many times have I heard false humility? Would you use your gift for the kingdom of God? Oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, I'm not worthy. No, you're not worthy. We never talk about worthy. We're talking about grace. Would you use what God gave you for kingdom purposes? Oh, no. Let me tell you what that is. That's false humility. And false humility is pride increased increased. 
What is someone doing with false humility? They want you to pet them. They want you to prop them up. They want you to baby them in, and they want you to compliment them because they are so proud that it's not enough. It's not enough that they brag on themselves. They want you to brag on them. So do not. I, I just, I got, I recognize, I just kind of took a little side route here because I got a little eh in my, in my spirit, you know what I mean? Because we ask people, hey, would you use the gift that God gave you uh, to serve kingdom purposes? Oh, no, I, I'm not, I'm not worthy to do that. Of course you're not. You're a loser. We're just trying to ask you to, no. <laughs> let me help bring you to true humility. All right, let me help bring you down. No, <laughs> no, no, none of us are worthy. I would not be standing up here sharing this good news if it was based on my good works. But it is based on God says, I gave you a gift to teach and preach. You're going to use it. And I told my Lord several years ago, you give me an opportunity to preach and I'll take it. Every opportunity he gives me to preach, I take it. It's about to wear me out. The funeral homes call me constantly because <laughs> I always say yes, unless there's a an occasion when I can't, but I've been trying to stay true to my God. When I said, Lord, you gifted me with this. I want to use it for kingdom increase. I want to use it for your glory. I want to, Lord, thank you. I want to use it to grow your kingdom. Let's all stand together. We want to have a time for you to reflect how good is your God to you? Isn't he more generous than you ever dreamed of? Isn't he so good? How he has blessed us with relationships. Take care of those relationships. You probably just spent a lot of time over this last week with family. Those relationships need to be handled with care, don't they? Maybe you've come from, you've come from some of these family occasions with great regret of, oh, I wish we were like we used to be. Let me tell you, every relationship that God gifted you with, be grateful for it. Be generous with it. And be responsible. Don't waste those relationships. And especially, don't trade the relational for the physical. I've seen families fall apart over inheritance. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Ain't worth it. Leverage the physical things of this world for the relationships that God wants to put in your life and then leverage those for kingdom increase and God will continue to pour more blessings on you and more blessings on you and I'm going to tell you, it ain't always physical, it ain't always financial, but it will always bring joy. Always bring joy. It will always bring fulfillment. It will always bring satisfaction when our good and generous God continues to pour out in your lap. It will always be worth it. Amen. Father God, we thank you you are a good and generous God and you have blessed us more than we can ever imagine as I sit down and think and consider all that you've done for me God wasn't worthy for a single one of them but the friendships you've put in my life Lord thank you the gifts that you've given us the blessings thank you we want to give them back to you we want to be like Jesus. Thank you for the little. I'm going to give it away. And you're going to continue to give as I give. You're going to continue to increase as I'm generous. And then I'm going to be responsible for everything. 
not wasteful. I'm not going to lose it. I'm going to use it. Lord, help us to be good and faithful servants. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God puts the, the church together in such an amazing way that he has people in our lives. Go ahead, altar team, come on forward. He, ha, he puts people in our churches that, that are gifted in other areas. And, and some of the people in our churches are gifted in the faith of healing. You may be here with a physical ailment and you need God to touch your body. We're a, we're, we're a church that believes that God heals, not just because it's theological, but because we've experienced it. Not just because it's biblical, but because we've known it, we've seen it, and God's still in the healing business. Amen? Maybe you've got relationships that need to be healed. Maybe you got your finances that need to be healed. They're broken. In other words, what am I saying? You broke. <laughs> we have people that pray over you. And you can see the power of God work dynamically in your life. Maybe you just need to come spend some time alone with you and God. You can do that too. Don't neglect and miss the opportunity for God to do something amazing in your life this morning as we worship.